All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have an exciting show for you this week. We have tons and tons of Ducks news. Finally, the season's almost upon us. Um, we had uh, DSP get resigned. Uh, we had some player injuries that happened. Um, some comments from uh, Murray about the uh, goaling situation. And, of course, the big news of uh, Tamu's uh, new book and his comments, which uh, stirred up a lot of uh, responses on social media. And that's what we're going to talk about first. And um, what do you think, Eddie, about uh, Tamu's comments in his new book? A lot of fan reaction that I uh, received uh, uh, against Boudreaux, against Tamu, and just, you know, all over the place. Yeah, I think it was, uh, to be honest, I think it's been blown way out of proportion. I think it's because it's Tamu and because it's his last season, uh, and and mainly because of the quote saying, uh, you know, he would, if he, uh, if Boudreaux wasn't there, or if they were, they had any other coach, he'd still be playing. I think that's one reason why it's you know been blown out of proportion. But you know, uh, not every player gets along with the coach, and and usually you don't hear about it, or you know you sometimes hear about it, like Reimer and and Carlisle in Toronto. You heard about it, and and that kind of gets picked up, but not to the same degree. And 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 Solani just ripped on Boudreaux in, in this book, and you know it could be for good reason. And and I'm not you know, picking any sides here. I, I think it, it's all a little, you know, blown up portion, like I said. Um, but yeah, you, there's not really much uh, behind it. Like there's a lot of players who don't get along with coaches. Um, and Solani's one of them. And it's just because it's Timo and because of his legacy with the Ducks um, that, it, you know, it's coming out like this. Yeah, you know, I think uh, the big thing, too, is a lot of people were surprised is the reaction I got that, okay, Tamu came out and said this whole, you know, what the heck, where'd this come from? But, you know, I'm not surprised, and that's why I kept telling people, and they're like, well, why aren't you surprised? And it's, it's if you follow his um, one of his sons on Twitter, he's blown up Boudreaux left and right in this past year. Um, like, I remember one of the, the tweets was something about, uh, oh, Duck's, Ducks send uh, Boudreaux back to Norfolk as a joke, and then uh, Tamu's son ended up deleting it because so many people got pissed off at him for sending that one out. And you, and you know that his son's getting it from Tamu, so I mean, <laughs> you know, obviously there's some discussion there. He talks to his his boys; they play hockey too. So to me, it wasn't a big deal or a big surprise. Uh, either way, like you said, I think it was blown out of proportion. But um, I think it was just interesting to see people picking sides. And it's not about picking sides. This whole issue is about what's best for the Ducks. And they disagreed, Eddie. I mean, Boudreaux didn't think Solani should be out there on the ice as much, and Solani did. And that's really what it just comes down to. Yeah, you know, he. I'm looking at a, a little bit of a chart here, and his, uh, his total average time on ice in the, in the last few ga- uh, seasons. And in 11-12, he had about 18 minutes, dropped off to 16 in 2012-2013, he was just over 14 last year. Uh, you know, three minutes or four minutes is is a significant drop, especially for a player. You know, for most of his career, he's been a star guy. Um, but it, you know, it, it's like he, he, I don't know what he what they expect either. Um, Solani's 42-43, so do you really think? Uh, and I know he expects to play and he wants to play, but you know, do you really put him over every guy that we have out there? Um, I know he wanted to. There was a quote uh, from his book where uh, he had an argument with Boudreaux in in practice about how he never puts him on the ice when they play five on three or four on four or one goal behind. And you know, 
it's not always the best situation to put a guy out there on a on a you know especially a four and four where the ice is more open. You want quicker guys out there. Um, yeah, like you're saying, I'm not surprised either. The it always comes out whether there's players who disagree with their coaches. So, um, but I, like I said before, I think just because it's Solani, a lot of fans have, have become really passionate about it. Yeah, definitely, and I and I think if we can look at both sides of this argument and actually see valid points on both sides. I mean, I think Temu, as some people have pointed out, I mean, obviously, like you're, like you're saying, you're up there, you're getting to your mid-40s. He's not as fast as he was. He's still fast, don't get me wrong, but he's not as fast as he was. And, um, you know, he did turn over the puck a lot more, we saw, uh, this season. So as far as him not playing as much during um, the game, just five-on-five, four-on-four, whatever the situation was, I, I understand that part on Boudreaux's end. I, the only thing I would say for Tamu is I could see his argument about wanting to play on the power play more because he was still effective on the power play. So I'm kind of split. I, I think that the way his ice time was managed during um, throughout a game, I think Boudreaux was right on. I, I just would have liked to see him more on the power play, Eddie. Yeah, I definitely think uh, we could have used a spark on the power play. Uh, you, you saw that in the early part of the season. Uh, we weren't too good on it. So maybe putting Solani on the power play would have helped. Uh, but, but this is nothing new. It, it doesn't take... Uh, you know, a month to write a book. He's been writing for this a while, for the, writing his book for a while. So he's obviously had problems with with Boudreaux, and and you know, there's some quotes from the book that says, you know, he's thought about leaving before, you know, in, in 05 and in other times where he's had problems uh, with Brian or Brian Burke and, and you know other guys on, on the organization. Uh, and you see this with star players sometimes. No one's going to agree with everybody on the team. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not too surprised, but yeah, I think uh, what you're saying with with the power play, maybe you know at least trying him out there uh, would have been a good option. But I think uh, Boudreaux manages ice time pretty well for a guy who you know is in is closing in on his mid 40s, and you know he's still playing 14 minutes a game. That's not too bad. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't see any mismanagement of the time or anything like that, and I, I'm not you know irritated with Boudreaux on that end. The only other um, kind of concern that came up with Boudreaux that a lot of people don't mention, and uh, Eddie, you and I have talked about this before, is uh, you know his relationship in Washington with Ovechkin, the issues he had there, the issues he had with um, Hiller, too. Um, what do you think about those situations? Do you think they're the same, they're different, um, as, you know, as what's going on with Tamu right now and Boudreaux? Well, I think uh, any, you know, disagreement you see, you've seen with players and coaches can be considered the same type of thing. Like, we we've mentioned over and over now that you know there's players who aren't gonna agree with the coaches and and o- o- with uh, you know regarding the Ovechkin situation, Ovechkin's one of those players who uh, he has a pretty big ego. He's you know noted for having a bad attitude where he does things don't go his way, uh, and the coach doesn't cater to him, then you know he's he's not gonna he's not gonna make it a pleasant time for that coach. Um, I don't think it's because of Boudreaux. Obviously, Boudreaux's a, a strict coach, and and you see that with you know the the more strict coach you have, there's a lot more fallouts between players. Uh, but I I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I I see some similarities in between it, and you you know same with with Hiller. And it's just you don't the players who don't play aren't gonna like the coach. It's as simple as that. I know when I've you know played soccer through my career, if I, if a coach doesn't play me. I'm I'm not too happy with the coach either. So if you're not going to play, then you know the, you're not going to like what the coach is doing. Hiller played for most of the season. I, I I bet in the beginning of the season he was pretty happy with Boudreaux. He you know he played well for the beginning part of the season, and then 
you know, he gets benched and, and Anderson and Gibson come in and obviously he's not too happy anymore because he's not playing. And he mentioned that uh, on Sportsnet, I think it was a couple of days ago when the Solani thing first blew up, uh, that he, near the end of the season when he wasn't playing and he thought he was, was playing well um, and Boudreaux benched him, that, you know, his relationship with Boudreaux, you know, plummeted. So I think, yeah, these are these are similar situations. Um and Solani just uh, either doesn't like his coaching style and and wasn't happy that he wasn't uh, playing time, you know, or or a combined, uh, you know, uh, combined a combining of uh, these factors. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's just something that we we don't see all the time, too, Eddie. Because, uh, like I mentioned in the post, too, a lot of times the players aren't going to tell us what's really going on. They're not going to want to air out what's the, you know, the argument in the locker room or what's going on between players. We get these very bland, vanilla answers. And I think that's why a lot of people, when they hear what Tamu said, they're like, holy cow, this, this comes out, you know. And, and um, I think, you know, during the playoffs, when he got benched, you know, Tamu didn't really say a whole lot. He said, yeah, I'm disappointed. You know, I wish I was out there. And then he came back out there for game five against Dallas and played. And I give Tamu some credit there because he could have blown it up there and made it all about him. Uh, obviously, he was pissed off, and I'm sure you know his close friends and family knew. But at least during that time, Eddie, he didn't go public and, and make it a big issue then because I think then that would have been just very poor timing on his part when they were uh, battling it out with Dallas and then the Kings. Yeah, and uh, you know, going back, to you get all these media-trained answers now. So when something like this drops, a lot of you know it puts a lot of people off guard. Um, and that's why I think you know with these these books, you know, some sometimes they're just not the the best idea. You know, the player it's not like they need more money either. And I guess he he just wants to tell his story. But there's some things you don't always have to include. And and you see this a lot in, in autobiographies. And it's usually after the player's retired. And a lot of things come out that you've never heard of. And and you know, just there's a couple things that I've I've seen lately, not not involving uh, hockey, but. Uh, with soccer, there's a couple players. Uh, there's a player who's retired, and and it's come out, and and he's uh, bagged on uh, on the manager, and it's become a big story there too. And and it happens all the time. You see it, and it's usually with these players who are, you know have a huge following on the team they're on, and it just becomes big news. And and it really it really shouldn't be like it, I I don't understand why these players have to, you know, share some of these things in in the book that it really isn't necessary, and it's just going to create controversy. Um, and then moving on to the uh, fact that he re- he didn't say anything in the playoffs, I think that you know obviously that's a that's a good decision on his part to to not bring it out at such an important time for the Ducks. Um, but is it really you know a much better time right now before before training camp, or, or is any time even really a good time to just drop this on on the team? You know he he's retired now, and I I get that he wants to tell his life story, but does do some of these things you know really need to be said to everybody? You know, he could think these things, but there's some things you don't really have to put out there. Yeah, I agree with you on that part. I mean, I, I'm glad that he's not coming back this year because I think that also would have created more problems. I mean, at least he said it in the off season, and he's not coming back. Yeah, it is close to the beginning of the season, like you said, you know, just with the preseason now upon us. So that's not good. But um, I think just uh, all that stuff coming up, and what he's saying there um, can can cause some problems, like you had mentioned, uh, as far as 
the relationship between the players and the coach. And I think that there's stuff like that that goes on. I honestly, some of the quotes, I didn't really have a problem with some of the quotes. I think the main one, and you and I hit on it before, Eddie, was the whole, I would have come back and played again if Boudreaux wasn't there. That's the one quote that I, you know, I think was probably the most, um, you know, just showing of Tamu's frustration, I think, of this last season. Um, And I think if that was true, uh, you know, then he would have gone, he could have still gone to another team. Because he also talked about, a quote was that he had talked about maybe going to the Kings or the Jets this last season, and he didn't. So he stayed loyal to the Ducks. He came back, he finished out the season. So I give him credit for that. I, I just, I think that one main quote, Eddie, is probably one that he, and he apologized later on. Don't forget that, everybody. He did go out and apologize, say he wasn't trying to be bitter, even though, to me, that that one quote was one, I, I think, Eddie, that he probably should have left out. Yeah, I think it's written in, in anger, and, and obviously that's a, one that's stuck with a lot of people. But you got to think, if if he really wanted to play, um, there's 29 other coaches in the league that aren't Bruce Brujo that he could have gone and played for. And I think if he went to Winnipeg, nobody would have been surprised. Um, so unless he hates, uh, you know, unless he has a feud with the uh, Winnipeg Jets coach as well, um, then there's no reason he couldn't have left and, and gone somewhere else if he really wanted to play this season. So I think that one's just written out of anger. And, and it's written in there really to, to cause controversy. As like It seems like uh, that he, he had to have known that's going to be something people are going to, you know, look at in that quote. Uh, maybe he didn't expect it to blow up like it has, but you know, it, he if he really wanted to play, he could have gone somewhere else. And like I said, there's 29 other coaches in the league. Uh, he could have easily played another season if he was up for it. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing that some people brought up is, okay, this might get lost in translation because this book was released in Finland, in Finnish. You know, I, I got the, a lot of the translations from that um, Finnish uh, reporter that I put out on there. It's in the article. So there may be some of that, but the English version is not going to be, uh, they said out till 2015, which I'm still going to go buy it and read it. Cause I'm really curious to see, but like you said, you know, sometimes things are said in books to sell books. Um, I, I've read a, a handful of player autobiographies and like you talked about some of the, um, players saying things. And I think the, the one I read, I couldn't believe was, um, Shaquille O'Neal's book where he basically just goes out there and slams every other center in the NBA and it just, I mean, I'm not saying that, I'm, I don't think Tamu went that, you know, that route in his in his book. I don't think he probably slammed other people. But I just, uh, like you said, there's just certain things that, you know, it's a turnoff. When I read that, I'm like, you know, I don't really care, you know, not to talk about basketball right now. But I just, I don't care, Shaq. I really don't care if you thought you were better than all these other people. You know, I just didn't think it was appropriate uh, in that context. So, like you said, Eddie, maybe when we get the English translation and we see some of the stuff, you know, um, I think there may be a couple of those quotes in there that maybe Tamu uh, just didn't want to have maybe in there, knowing now the reaction that he had gotten. Yeah, and but you know, going just quickly, you know, referring to the Shaq thing, as you said, I think you expect that from somebody like Shaq. You know, the personality that he has, I think you you're gonna expect that from somebody like that. But you don't really expect that from somebody so reserved like Timu Solania, and who's regarded as being you know one of the you know classier you know. Uh, simple-minded players where he just like he doesn't say these things all the time he you know he's more quiet and he he's reserved so coming out with like these bombs and and his autobiography it's put a lot of people off guard and you know it's it's fueled the fire that that's the story's become 
No, definitely. And then, you know, that brings up the question. One of the fans had a question for us, and, you know, kind of moving this forward now. Now, now we go forward, Tamu's retired. You know, uh, we're still going to have his retirement ceremony. I'm sure everything will be fine. Um, but moving forward, uh, we had one question from Wayne. He had asked, you know, do you think that Boudreaux forces out players such as Hiller, Winnick, uh, Perot? Um, you know, with Solani's opinion out, do you think other players that have uh, played for Boudreaux basically feel the same way? And um, what do you think about that, Eddie? You know, Winnick's gone. You know, now Koibu's gone too. Perot's gone. Do you, you think uh, that there's a pattern or do you think this is just the normal course of business that, you know, we just don't hear about all the time? Uh, well, with the Perot situation, I think with the money he was asking, although not a high offer, but, um, you know, we brought in Kessler. Um, where does he really fit unless he's going to play third-line center and do you really want somebody who's making $3 million to play third-line center? So I think with that situation, that was just because, you know, we replaced him and we brought in a better player. Uh, with Hiller, it's it's obviously he just forced out. He, they didn't want him back. He didn't want to come back. So that that could be easily a thing. And I don't think that's just a Brujo thing. He left because he left. I, I think management was already considering, you know, going with these two guys. And I don't, know, I don't think Hiller, anybody really expected Hiller to stay there for his whole career if Gibson panned out anyway, and it just so hap- happened that Anderson came good as well. That I think Anderson was more of a surprise. Everybody knew Gibson was going to be such a good goalie. Um, with Winnick, it's not as big a story as the other ones. Um, I don't really know. He's been a good you know, player. He, he doesn't you know, get a lot of points, but he's been a good Anaheim Ducks player, physical guy, you know, gets in on, on the penalty kill. Um, but I think you know he was playing center for us too as well. So and Nate Thompson comes in, so there's no need for him. And the same thing goes for Corvu. I can see Corvu maybe. Uh, him and Solani were friends. I'm sure he heard a lot of what Solani had to say behind the scenes. Uh, but you can't really say. You know, Corvu hasn't come out and said anything, and I don't expect him to either. Yeah, you know, Corvu is probably the one that if Tamu stayed, Corvu probably stays. I mean. Not, I don't have any inside info on that or anything like that. That's just my perception of that because, you know, that like you said, they're really good friends. So I think that's kind of the situation with both of them. Um, though uh, Koivu was kind of going the same route as, as Solani. You know, he wasn't playing as much ice time. He wasn't scoring as much points. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, he's, he's on the twilight of his career as well. So I think with him, I, I don't think uh, he had any – I mean, again, nothing's been said about him having issues with Boudreaux, but I don't think there was any issue with that. Um, and like you said, I think Perot, yeah, I think Kessler came in, and that was just that was the end of it for Perot because now Bruce not only brought him in, he brings in Nate Thompson. He's going to have Raquel hopefully play uh, a lot more time this year. So I think that was more of a, a positional type thing. And, you know, the Hiller thing, the Hiller thing is – is it's just the way he played after the all-star break i I think like you said when players don't play they they get upset which is a natural reaction but i think at the same time for whatever reason um you know hiller wasn't playing as well after that uh, all-star break i mean there were certain games and the fans know and i know we would go and watch and there would be a soft goal let in in the beginning of the game and we would just you know be like "Uh oh here we go and then it seemed like his confidence would go down, and then Boudreaux's confidence would go down in him. So it was kind of a snowball, in my opinion, with Hiller. Don't get me wrong. I like Hiller. I don't. I didn't have a problem with him. I mean, I'm sad to see him go. I'm glad we have Gibson and Anderson. But I think uh, I think Hiller was kind of his own worst enemy at times, uh, Eddie. Yeah, and I, uh, I don't really think uh, anybody expected him to stay around either. 
Um, and you know, we keep reiterating the fact that if a player is not going to play, he's not going to be happy. And uh, this happens all the time. Obviously, we're covering it with the Ducks. Uh, you saw it in Toronto with Reimer when he wasn't playing. He and you know former Ducks coach in Carlisle, they didn't get along. Um, you're gonna see this all the time, um, and it, it's not it's not surprising. The the Hitler situation didn't, and you're seeing it with because it's Timo. This is so big, you know, right. because this is last season. The Hitler situation, you know, it picked up, you know, a bit of a bit of flaming behind it. You know, you didn't see a lot of. Uh, you know stories about it, but you know we we you know covered it on on the podcast and, and his comments about Anaheim and everything when he went to Calgary, uh, but it didn't get as much like uh, public and, and international national news as, as this Solani thing is. It you know we're seeing the Solani thing here and uh, every day and you know, and it's all the way up here. We d- we didn't really see much of the Hiller thing, so I think it's just because it's Timu, um, because it's certainly his last year and. And because of the comment saying, you know, I would have stayed if we had any other coach, it's just got, it's picked up too much steam and, and it, it doesn't look like it's slowing down right now. Yeah, that's, and that's what I was telling you. Like, I, I mean, I, I rather Tamu have been honest than come out and just BS us like a lot of other players do, because I can't stand when they ask someone a question and then they just give a total bland answer. Um, I, I just it's irritating because you know we don't get to see what's going on. But on the flip side of that, there I think there are times that when you do make certain comments, there's just certain comments like that quote because that's the one that blew up everything that that should be maybe held back. I mean, I, I don't blame Tamu for disagreeing with Boudreaux on his ice time. I get where he's coming from. I see Boudreaux's side of it too, trying to do what's best for the team and and. Basically, uh, what's Tamu's role? And like I said before, I thought you know more time on the power play, but kept you know the regular ice time the same. That that's just my take on it. It's kind of, I kind of have a split decision on it, and I don't. I'm not really upset at Boudreaux or Tamu. I just think uh, certain times we we say certain not we but players say certain things, and like you said, the media just grabs onto it and runs with it. And I think. Uh, that's where you have to be a little careful. It's, it's okay to be honest and give us a little bit more insight because we all love that and we don't get to see it. Uh, it's just, you know, choose your words carefully, Eddie. Yeah, and and I'm not picking any sides either. I think, you know, Boudreaux's doing his job. You know there's never going to be everybody's going to get along with a coach. Uh, there's probably rarely been one who does. I just don't think it, it, it's extremely necessary. Uh, you know, I get that he wants to put out a book. I that that's understanding. It's fair enough. But some of the things that were said or, or have rumored to have been said, because um, we don't know for sure. It's just translated. But uh, I I think some of them didn't really have to be said. Um, I think he would have known that some of these things were going to get picked up, and you know the the stature of the player he is, uh, and 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 what the time he's releasing it, where not much is going on. This is going to be a big story, and I think this would be a big story anytime. Um, I just don't think it's the best time. I, mean, I don't think it's going to affect many people in the locker room that much. Um, I'm sure everybody already knew. I'm sure Solani voiced his opinion behind the scenes, you know, with the players that he do- obviously doesn't like Boudreaux. But I just don't think it, it's really. I don't think any time's a good time to put something out like this. But you know, right before training camp, you're putting on an, an impression on some of the young guys who haven't met Boudreaux yet. I don't think it's it's the best time to really put this out. Um, you know, out with the media. Yeah, and you know, going forward, that's what some of the other people uh, basically asked me is, okay, we're you know, let's roll into the season now. 
get going, is this going to cause any problems between the players and Boudreaux? And I, I don't really think that's going to be any problems. Um, you know, Getzloff had been mentioned in this whole thing as well. And the issue with him was Tamu was like, well, you know, Getzloff should have you know, spoke up more for me. But Getzloff, um, you know, said, yeah, I agree with Tamu as far as him being frustrated. And I see why he's frustrated. But you also have to pick your battles with the coach. And I think being a captain, I think that's a very smart approach. I mean, you have to realize all the players' concerns. But at the same time, you can't voice all of them um, and, and create too much, uh, you know, turmoil or disagreement amongst who's playing what, where, when, and why. Because, you know, as we know, the coach is the coach. They're going to decide. You're going to bring up stuff to them. And you got to work it out together. And that's just sports in general. And I think that this roster going forward is going to be fine. I don't. I, I think all the fans need to take a deep breath and relax. Uh, yeah, this is a big story. Yeah, Boudreaux, Tamu, and all this comments in his book and everything. But we got to look forward now. Go to the next season. The players are going to be fine. The team's going to be fine. You know, let's get back to the task of beating the the Kings, beating the Blackhawks, beating everybody basically, especially in the West, and, and get us back where we need to be. Because for me, uh, you know, I think we mentioned on the podcast, Boudreaux got his contract extension. So it's time to go forward, Eddie. It's time to get past this, go into the playoffs, and just kick some other teams' butts. Um, that's, I mean, that's the plain and simple. We got to go forward and do that, Eddie. Yeah, I completely agree. I just one thing I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see is uh, what kind of bearing this has on uh, – Timu's uh, ceremony night. What's gonna What's gonna happen with that now? If there's gonna be any, you know, uh, un, unnecessary drama with that night, uh, you know, I, if uh, I'm sure he doesn't have to meet with Boudreaux, but there's obviously gonna be some tension around there that the fans are gonna all already all know about now. Yeah, that that is a good point, Eddie. I mean, I think going forward next season everything will be fine. But you're right. Come come that that game. Um, and you know, like we said before that game, they'll have the ceremony. It'll be interesting to see what will happen. I, I don't, I think they'll be fine. I think Tamo will be there obviously and Boudreaux will be there and they'll shake hands and everything will be fine. He already, um, he made other comments too saying that, you know, he's not bitter. I mean, and obviously you can interpret some of the comments the way you want to interpret it for everybody listening. I mean, some people think he is bitter. Some people said Tamo's a crybaby. I heard all this stuff and I, I don't. I don't really agree with all those comments. I think, was he frustrated and maybe um, some of the comments weren't necessary? Sure, of course. I, I don't think he's crybabying at all. I think he's just airing out his frustrations, whether or not he should have or not. That's that's a whole other topic, which we already have pretty much um, gone into. But uh, I think it'll be fine. Um, he's already apologized. He said you know, that he still – uh, respects Boudreaux, he just disagreed on his role with the team, and I think that's what it came down to. I just think that some of the the words, as we've said, have been just blown out of proportion, and everybody's going, "Hey, it's Tamu, and let's let's throw the story out there, and and you know, um, create the uh, you know viralness of this uh, issue." Yeah, and I you know I, I agree with you that I think we should all just you know move on, get get to the season, you know, kind of put this behind us. Um, and and not you know keep it going and and make it a bigger story than it needs to be, uh, you know we've got some other news coming in some some better news. Um, uh, Devonte Smith Pelly was finally signed, uh, so it'll be it'll be nice to see him with the team. We finally got all our uh, 
our contract issues worked out and and he's going to be part of the the Ducks uh, starting lineup next year. Yeah, he got the, the two-year deal, um 800,000 each year. Uh it's finally up there on uh, capgeek.com uh, if uh, for those of you out there that don't know, that's where we pretty much get a lot of our information as far as the uh, restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents, their um contracts, how much they are. It's a very very good website. It has all the hockey players on there. Uh, and what their current deals are with the teams. But, um, yeah, Smith Pelly for two more years is a very, very good deal. We, You and I, Eddie, have talked about the lines at nauseum before on other podcasts and where he'll be. I think initially he's going to be more on the third or fourth line. But, um, you know, and I'm just going by what I said before about the playoffs last year. I wouldn't mind seeing him on that uh, first line if for some reason uh, Heatley doesn't pan out. Yeah, and we don't have to go too in-depth on this again. You know, he had a good... 10.19 game season last year um i think he'll move up and down the lineup i'm just happy he's finally in we don't have to speculate about his signing anymore and uh, we've got all the team ready going into you know i think we're in the third day of training camp now so uh hopefully everything's good to go right because now the whole team is set there's there's no more question because i know a lot of people kept posting messages hey what's going on with dsp what's going on what's going on so that's uh been resolved. Uh, I guess the only uh, disappointing thing that happened recently is we saw that uh, Paul Mary and Shea Theodore both uh, <clears throat> got injured. It looks like Theodore hurt his knee and he'll, he'll be out uh, at least four weeks. Uh, Paul Mary, it, it looks like it wasn't as bad. It looks like um, he he might uh, be just done for uh, you know only a week or two. Eddie he should be back for the uh, beginning of the season. Yeah, he's gonna miss a bit of uh, you know training because it's a, it's an ankle sprain, so he won't be able to to skate fully. But um, he might not be back for opening day, uh, but he'll be back definitely. Um, you know, f- at least the first week or or, an, or two of the season and ready to go. Uh, the Theodore one it isn't a, a big you know blow to the to the and to the Ducks in the NHL, but um, you know it, it sucks. For him and 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 trying to get his him have a full season under his belt, uh, a knee injury is gonna keep him out for four to six weeks. So hopefully he's back and and he has a good season too. So well, maybe we'll see him with the Ducks next year. Yeah, definitely. I, and and you know some of these little things are gonna come up in the preseason. Uh, but I you know the Ducks are gonna be fine uh, going forward. Um, I think the the other bigger story we didn't really put this out on the uh, blog. But uh, we'll probably put it out in the next day or two. Is the uh, goalie situation, Eddie? Um, you were reading over some comments about Murray, and uh, w- what's Murray saying? What's the deal with the Ducks goalies? Who's going to be the the main two uh, guys? Because we get a lot of questions about that. Yeah, um, uh, recently I think it was about yesterday. Uh, NBC had a, a small little interview with uh, Bob Murray talking about the the goaltending. I'm just going to read a, a couple quotes here that that they had. Uh, he said, we go from having the deepest goaltending everybody's talking about, and now all of a sudden it's to the two kids who are very good players. It's the way it's come about. I'm sure they're up to the task. And then he says, this is the big thing right here. He says, I couldn't see Gibby playing in the minors again this year. That made no sense to me. So we're going to run with the two kids, and we'll see how it goes. So that finally you know, answers the question that um, you know, I thought for sure Gibson was going to start in the AHL just because of his two-way. But it looks like they've signed LaBarbera to put in the minors and, and have him come up in case of injury or, or, you know, a guy needs a rest or, or just not playing well. So I think I'm happy with this for sure. I, I, I really wanted 
uh, Gibson and, and Anderson to start, and it looks like those are the two they're going to be running with. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. When I heard these comments come out, I was very, very happy because the indications before, like you said, we had heard is, okay, it was going to be Anderson number one, the Barber number two, and Gibson in the minors. And to me, I I, I was like, oh, come on, you got to bring Gibson up. And everybody knows that I like Gibson that, you know, a little bit more than Anderson. Just I just I That's just me. I like him. But in terms of the team and what's best for the team, because that's our, been our theme this uh, podcast, you know, whoever, Gibson or Anderson, whoever plays better, I'm happy with either one of them. And I'm, I'm really happy that they're number one and number two, Eddie, because regardless, um, whichever one starts, um, if, if they play well, then I, the Ducks are going to have a great season. Yeah. And then, you know, we just got to, if they're solid, we got to hope the the defense in front of them, you know, the blue line plays well in front of them. Um, you know, Murray, I think, would be the first one to admit that the Ducks don't have a elite defenseman in front of them. Um, but I think, you know, we should we should be okay. And I'm I'm definitely happy Gibson is going to be in the lineup um, starting at the, from the beginning of the season. I hope uh, we can run with Gibson and Anderson and have no troubles throughout the whole season. Yeah, definitely. And I know Gibson. I forgot where, but I had seen some quotes. Um, I can't remember what article I was reading, but there were some quotes about Gibson too and about that game seven loss um, to the Kings and how, um, you know, he, Gibson doesn't blame himself for the entire loss, but, you know, he was not happy with his performance. And he had said that he's been using that game for his motivation to come out and play better this year. And that's exactly the type of attitude I want to hear is you know when something happens like that you gotta you, you're gonna get uh mad but not not crazy mad but mad to the point where you turn that into fire and you bring it out in the next season and you and you elevate your game and i i will be um surprised if he doesn't come out this next season on fire and we do have uh, a tough decision for boudreaux to make as far as gibson and anderson starting in that yeah, and I, I agree, and I think, uh, you know, Anderson's probably the guy who will get right. the initial starting, you know, job day one. Uh, I think they'll fight, though, and, and play an even amount of games, you know, maybe Anderson around the 50 mark, uh, hopefully, and then Gibson around the 30, if not uh, even, or, or Gibson may maybe even take over the starting role. Um, but I, I think we're we're definitely in a good spot, and, uh, you know, that's been reflected um, through ESPN, they uh, released the the ultimate standings, which is a um, a ranking of um, all 122 teams from the top four um, North American leagues in the MLB, NBA, NFL, and NHL. And, and the Ducks are the top NHL team, and they're ranked second on the whole thing, only behind uh, San Antonio Spurs of the NBA. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. I'm, I'm looking here at the article, and the, just for the fans that don't know there's um some criteria that espn goes through and i'll just kind of read out uh what these are really quick they go by uh, coaching uh strength of on-field leadership the uh fan relations um looking at the courtesy by the players the coaches the front office towards the fans um and how the team uses technology to reach them which we're kind of part of that but i mean we're not the official um team uh the ownership honesty loyalty to the core players and the community uh the players effort on the field stadium experience quality of the venue fan friendliness environment uh most bang for the buck and the title track championships won or expected 
within the lifetime of the current fans. And I think that last one is, is really the key there because many of us, not just because we're Duck fans, we expected to win last year. And I think there's still that air uh, out there, Eddie, that a lot of us have high expectations for the Ducks and not just for next year, but I would say for the next five to 10 years, Eddie. Yeah. And, and you know, that was, uh, you know, they, they stated that in there with the addition of Ryan Kessler that, you know, we're on the anybody's short list for Stanley Cup favorites uh, in, in this year coming up. Um, you know, they also cited some of the things that we do outside the, you know, the arena that, uh, that they have such a affordable ticket price. And I think the average ticket price they had was like $42 and, and the total cost cost per game is $63. And that's among the lowest in the league, which, which uh, you know, how it kind of explains why we're so high. And especially we're, we're second in the category for a bang for your bucket among every team, you know, second among every team uh, out of the four major leagues in, in, in North American sports, it's it's pretty good. So you know, it shows uh, how well run the Ducks are, and and it's it's nice to see, especially in, in you know a franchise that's in a non-traditional hockey market, that uh you know ESPN kind of gives us some love when the NHL power rankings don't. Oh, I know that, and that's <laughs> everybody. We all crack up about that too. Um, you know, on Twitter and Facebook, social media, everything. We always crack up about the NHL rankings. How we're always you know, maybe we'll be number five in there, number four, and then, you know, the Ducks will have one loss, and all of a sudden we're not even in the top five, which is it's just a crack-up to me. Uh, but, you know, ESPN uh, giving us the love. But, you know, it's a good point about the ticket prices, and I think you can really speak to this, Eddie, being, you know, in Canada with the Toronto prices, because some people ask me about season tickets, and I am by far no means a, a person that makes a lot of money. But the Ducks season tickets in the 400 section are not that unreasonable. You can get tickets uh, for one seat, you know, in in the top level for for the whole year, depending on if you're on the lower part, or top part, anywhere from like 700 to 900 bucks for the entire season. And I mean, I think you can you might know more about this, but I know the prices in Toronto for tickets like that is what twice that, three times that. Yeah, it's about three times. Um, ESPN put it on here too. Toronto was actually ranked last out of um all the teams, and and last in all, in a few categories. They're they're last in affordability, uh, last in bang for your buck, which kind of puts uh the wins per year put together with how much the fans pay, and then they're second last in title track, and, and I think that's fair. I I'm, Toronto is a is one of the most popular you know sports teams in in the league, but the reason they can charge so much is in Toronto a, a huge base of the the tickets that get bought are, are corporate ticket buyers, so they they just jack the prices up to 122 dollars on average, and, and, which is a ridiculous. That's three times the amount um, for the the Ducks tickets, and that's why they're they're so far down. It's actually a 34 percent higher than any other team in the NHL, which is which is just ridiculous. Um, hopefully, they're going in in the new direction for them at least. That you know they brought in Brendan Shanahan and a couple other guys. But yeah, uh, it really shows you know the the huge difference between a team like Toronto and and how they you know cater towards the fans and affordability and and everything and, and where the Ducks are almost on a complete opposite ends. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. That's why I tell people you know it's not, you know some of the people that I know that aren't really hockey fans and I tell them I go look let's go to a game check it out you'll like the sport it's it doesn't cost that much for being in the California market to go to a game um 
The only complaint that I've really heard uh, from the Ducks has just been the um, food variety uh, there. I know that the Ducks are getting Wahoos there, um, which is good this coming seasons. And I know I've talked to some of the Ducks management about some of the food stuff, and I know they're improving some of those things. But that's the only drawback I've heard is the food selection, really, uh, going to a Ducks game. I, I don't really hear uh, – I haven't heard, at least, anything else that – other people have complained to me about. So, I mean, if that's your only issue, then <laughs> I think we're doing pretty good, Eddie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, lastly, moving on, we've got a, a couple, you know, little tidbits from around the NHL. Uh, uh, according to the NHL's website yesterday, um, Kessler got a, a standing ovation uh, during his uh, first appearance at training camp, which is was pretty funny. And I'm sure some people listening here uh, might have been there, which is – which is pretty cool to see. Obviously, everybody's happy he's here, and um, it's nice that they've you know gave him a warm welcome uh, on this first day in um, in Anaheim. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm looking forward to him coming and playing. It's going to be an exciting time um, going forward with Kessler in, in the center position. I know some people um, still in Vancouver. Some people look down on him a little bit here or there for whatever reason, but. I think he's going to be fine in our system, and I think uh, he's going to see a lot of ice time, um, like like Boudreaux had mentioned on that second line. Uh, and I think it's going to it's just going to be an overall uh, positive thing for us, Eddie. Yeah, for sure. And um, I'm happy training camp starting up. There's only a couple weeks left until the season starts. I know everybody's ready to go, so I, I can't wait. And um, I, you know, I'm I'm excited to see how we do and. I hope we start off well because, you know, you, you don't want to start off bad and, and get some of these young guys down. So it's going to be uh, – the this first few games are going to be really important for the Ducks. Oh, definitely. And, you know, another thing for all the people following us that I need to mention too is um, uh, yesterday or the day before I gave away some tickets to um, one of the Ducks pregames uh, on Twitter because uh, I, I wasn't able to make it. So I will be giving away some more um, preseason games this year for people. Um we also still have our contest uh, going for the uh, opening night, which um, we're almost got all the votes in, and we'll announce the winner shortly uh, through the blog. And we'll also have other game tickets available too. Uh, I got access to more uh, tickets, so we'll have those for the fans. Uh, we'll probably put up a little thing on the website for people to um, look at. I'll, I'll probably do like a month-to-month thing. So for the fans, just check that out. There'll be some tickets out there. Um, that'll be either given away or for sale. And the for sale ones are only for face value. I'm not trying to uh, make any kind of money or anything like that. That's just games that, due to my schedule, I, I go to probably about 90% of the games, but there's always a, a handful I can't go to. And I also got my hands on a few extra tickets this year from my uh, family members. So that'll you know translate out to our fans and hopefully more of you out there that, that either don't go or, or maybe only go to a couple can go to some more games in the future. All right, and that's all we have time for this week. Uh, Like I said, continue to follow us. Uh, We'll have some more tickets out there, more stories coming to you, and we'll keep you up to date on all the news on the Ducks. And see you next time. The Anaheim Ducks are the Stanley Cup champions.